Hey listeners, on this episode you're going to hear reference that I make, because I'm the only one on it, to the video of this episode. If you want to see the video of this episode, it's going live the day this drops uh, on my YouTube channel, Phil Gonzalez, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-S, if you're not aware of how to spell my last name. Uh, you can just search Phil Gonzalez, Berenstain Bears, all aboard. You'll find my website. It has a lovely picture of me as my channel avatar. Uh, I could give you the actual web address, which is youtube.com forward slash channel forward slash capital U, capital C, capital J, six, capital A, three, lowercase D, N, capital S, eight, lowercase L, Q, capital H, capital T, one, capital E, capital F, capital C, capital N, lowercase U, uppercase U, six, uh, capital X, capital Q, but it probably won't do you much good. I don't have enough subscribers, a hundred, to uh, make a custom URL because I only have 20 subscribers. But if you want to see this video and other videos, they are on that YouTube page. Just search Phil Gonzalez and Berenstain Bears and you'll find it. There's not too many Phil Gonzalez's in the world talking about the Berenstain Bears. Uh, anyway, here's the episode. This week's book. I'm just going to start the whole show from the top. I'm going to start the whole show from the top. There's no little poem to read. I am doing this as a Facebook live event. I have no one watching that I can see because what I did was I made an event and I assume people were going to come to the Facebook live event, but then Facebook canceled my event in the middle of me trying to start the broadcast. So I had to start over and now no one knows where I am. In any case, I am using, I am using that as the excuse as to why no one ever comes to my live events. That's not true. I get people in my live events. In any case, this week's book, there's no poem because it is an I can read level one book. It's not, it's not even like one of the harder books. It's a level one I can read book. 2010s, the Bears State Bears, get ready for, for some interactive fiction here because you're gonna have to look really close at your screen if you're watching this live. Uh, it's the Berenstain Bears all aboard. See that? You can just make it out. There's a train. It's a, The cover is the bear family, mama, papa, sister, brother, and little honey bear waving at a locomotive, uh, pulling up to, uh, to, I'm gonna attempt to see this with my old man eyes because this picture is incredibly tiny. Um, grizzly, grizzly, Falls, uh, if, in case you're interested, yeah, no, Grizzlyville. Uh, in case you're interested, I am getting uh, progressive lenses this week. So that's a big step on the old road to know and feel a little bit better. But I am trying to read this on my phone and I'm having to do this. Like, in order to, I'm having, like, I'm, I am contorting, literally contorting my eyes to make out what is happening in this book because this book is written for tiny little children to see and I am trying to read it off of a phone, which now that I think about it is ridiculous because I can simply click over to a tab where I have it very large. So it's, I can read beginning reading level one, Berenstain Bears all aboard. This is a Jan and Mike Berenstain book. It's from 2010 and it's a doozy. It's a strange one because look, the Berenstain Bears have been in all kinds of predicaments and scenarios. They're fun characters. They're hilarious characters. We love them. But the whole reason they were originally given their own series outside of the uh, outside of the I Can Read It All By Myself book series is because the Berenstains wanted to be able to tackle subjects uh, that children might encounter in, in their young lives. And uh, these storylines could generally, with the storybooks, be divided into two or three different categories. The first category being, let's write, here's some books about things you might encounter that might be scary or intimidating to you as a child, such as going to the doctor, visiting 
visiting the dentist, having a babysitter, things like that. Like first time experiences, that's what the first time books were for. But they also covered things that children might encounter in life, experiences children might have that it might be interesting for them to read about. Uh, like have a bad, having a bad dream or uh, being pressured into bullying or, or having to talk to strangers, things like that. So there's the books that sort of set you up for life experiences and books that sort of are, allow you to reflect on your own life experiences and, and see like yourself reflected back in them. There's also this other subset of Berenstain Bears books that are like, these books are really written for the parents, like the, the bedtime battle and books like that, or, um, too much junk food or uh, forget their manners that are that are really books sort of as guides for parents when they're reading to their kids. It's as if, as if the Berenstains are saying, we've been there too. We raised kids ourselves. Here's kind of how we dealt with it. So what you end up with is a series of storybooks that act as not instruction manuals, but uh, sort of a reassuring friend to pat you on the shoulder or hold your arm as you go through, as you go through life, as you grow up, as you experience things, whether you're a child, whether you're a parent, doesn't matter. These are these are somewhat. It's when I say universal. I won't say universal experiences. I'll say like for your middle class American suburban family. These are somewhat universal experiences. Uh, but then you have books like this week's book, which is saying, I guess, hey kids, at some point we're all gonna have to hop on a coal powered locomotive to travel across the country to visit a relative we've never met. I guess that's the thing. It's like, at some point, kids are really going to need to ex to understand what's going to happen when they get on a coal-powered locomotive. Because everyone, at some point, has to hop on a, a coal-powered locomotive and, and travel across the country. Oh, you mean like an Amtrak? No, 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 no. Specifically, a Hogwarts Express-esque coal-powered locomotive. And I don't, I guess maybe this is sort of an escape into fantasy kind of book, but it functions as one of their universal experience books. So I'm not quite sure what the impetus was behind this, except that maybe just maybe just kids love trains, I guess is the whole point of this book. Kids love trains. Kids love to read about trains. Kids love to think about trains. And kids love to believe that at some point they might get to experience a train, I guess is the thing. I guess kids just... Kids like trains, I guess is the whole point of this book. All aboard, Berenstain Bears, 2010, Jan and Mike. So what is this book about? Well, so the so the Bear family is going on a trip and they're going to go visit their Aunt Tilly. So right off the bat, we're like, okay, who's Aunt Tilly? We've 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 met Aunt Min. We know Aunt Min. I don't remember if Aunt Tilly, I mean, there's a lot of Bear family characters. Like the extended Bear family has grown considerably over the years. Remember, we have cousin Fred, who is brother's best friend. But cousin Fred's parents rarely come into the picture. However, he is a cousin. So there's family there. Like family lives in Bear Town, family lives outside of Bear Town. I guess Aunt Millie, they, spoilers, we will never find out who Aunt Millie actually is. Aunt Millie? Aunt Tilly. Sorry. Aunt Min? Aunt Tilly. Aunt Tilly. Is she Mama Bear's sister? Is she Papa Bear's sister? Is she Mama Bear's aunt? Is she Papa Bear's aunt? We don't know. Aunt Tilly lives far away, though, and the only way to get there is by steam locomotive. By, by, or, yeah, whatever you call the kind of train where you literally shovel coal into the burner and you have, like, stevedores a-working the engine. That's, that's, is it Stevedores? I don't know. But what we have is we have the Bear family all lined up at the Grizzly, is this like the, the Grizzlyville station?
location. Uh, it just it says Grizzlyville on the sign hanging over their heads. So I don't know if that means they're going to Grizzlyville or they're leaving from Grizzlyville. Like maybe you have to travel to Grizzlyville to get to the train station. I don't know. It's a double train track. There's a beautiful sunflower field right next to it. We see the old Bear Country Railroad uh, chugging along, coming on up. It looks like the Bear family are the only people on the platform. I'm going to assume it's because nobody rides trains anymore like in this these trains don't exist like this must i don't know is it a phantom train probably it's a beautiful blue and green locomotive number 88 88 yes number 88 bear country express so this is an express train also like this is there's no stops between here and antilly you're taking the express train all the way down uh a bunch of nice red passenger cars and so there's the engine and then there's the coal car like the coal like little like whoop like little like sleigh shaped car and then you have the red the red cars behind uh i don't, I don't know i don't know my train terminology but we'll get into that because uh there's some some train misconceptions that i had to deal with as a child or i guess train conceptions train ideas that i thought were misconceptions but weren't misconceptions uh if you're interested in seeing what the train looked like i can cram my phone up to the thing there it is wait that there it is that's the train in all of its fuzzy glory uh what i like about this i got the so i could have ordered this as a physical copy but i opted for the kindle because i was like hey i'm gonna get to share it with people um and the kindle edition of this book is actually actually preserves the layout of the original book some of the kindle editions of berenstain bear books they mess around with the layout. They chop the pictures up. Uh, they they create more pages than actually exist in the book. So they'll like take an element of a, of a scene and sort of isolate it as its own illustration just to sort of illustrate the words. Make it a little more meaningful for the kids with a Kindle and, only, and have fewer words per page. But you lose some of that cool Berenstain like like layout ability. Like the Berenstains were very good with book layouts. Uh, they knew how to use two pages well. They knew how to to incorporate uh, the words into the image. They they knew how to make a make a page pop. And this is actually a pretty visually engaging book in some places and other places it's a little slapdash. But in any, I'm not here to complain. Just here to talk. So the Bear family is waiting for the train. Pulls up. Uh, it's a big shiny engine. It says makes a lot of noise. They have to cover their ears. And the uh, the engineer is there it's grizzly jones our old friend grizzly jones uh we've never met grizzly jones apparently the bear family knows who he is it is grizzly jones the engineer he drives the train he drives the train it's grizzly jones uh there's also a conductor his name is mr mac which i think is hilarious so grizzly jones is obviously a takeoff on casey jones our our, our good friend casey jones like the train guy i don't actually now well i was just gonna explain casey jones to the listeners but uh i don't actually know where casey jones comes from i know who casey jones is in relation to the teenage mutant ninja turtles uh, i don't know where the idea of casey jones as a train person comes from but in any case grizzly jones is clearly a takeoff on casey jones uh i don't know what mr mac is was there like a famous conductor named Mr. Mac? Does anyone know? Does anyone know if there was like a conductor in history named Mr. Mac? Mac's also not like a bear parody name. It's just Mr. Mac. Hey, it's Mr. Mac, the conductor. You know, Mr. Mac, the train conductor. Uh, all aboard, he shouts because it's a train conductor and this is a steam train in 2010. So the family gets on, they find their seats. Mama, Papa, sister, brother, and little honey. Little honey is going nuts. She is wiggly and giggly. Mr. Mac takes all of their tickets and uh, and away they go. It says the first they go slow, then they go faster. They pass their treehouse, which is interesting, which means that they had to head. This this gives credence to my con my idea that they had to head outside of town 
to get to the train station, which then passes through town to get to where they're going. So the train station must lie in, uh, outside of Bear Town in the opposite direction of their destination, passes by. They're now passing their house. They pass Farmer Ben's farm. Farmer Ben waves from his tractor. And you may be wondering, how does Farmer Ben know they're on that train? Easy. Nobody takes trains. So Farmer Ben's like, I knew the Bear family were taking a train somewhere, and that is clearly the train. So the Bear family's got to be on that one. Uh, they pass Bear Country. So this train goes clean through Bear Town. Uh, they pass through Bear, the Bear Country School. Uh, Gus is fixing the roof. Uh, they go through Grizzlyville. So wait. The first picture is them at the station. So they must be, this must be the train to Grizzlyville? But it's an express train, so it's not stopping in Grizzlyville. But it says they pass through Beartown, and then they pass through Grizzlyville. I don't know what the difference now is. They've gone through Beartown. They're going through Beartown. They pass the school. There's Bear Country School. Uh, there's the town hall. There's Officer Marguerite. There's the grocery store. I, there's even a cool little Easter egg. You see actual factual riding in his car down at the... You can't see. It's too way too fuzzy. But that's actual factual riding in his car down at the bottom. But then it says they go through Grizzlyville. They see cars and streetlights. They see stores and traffic cops. But this isn't Grizzlyville we're seeing because the Bear Country School's there. Is Bear Country School now located somewhere named Grizzlyville? Are they busing the students now? Is this an issue I was not aware of? But I don't know what Grizzlyville is. Can someone please clarify for me? What is Grizzlyville in any case? They cross a bridge, there's boats in the water, they see bears working on the railroad, and they go through a tunnel. So, uh, okay, so, okay. So they're going through a tunnel. It says they see bears working, the bears are literally working on the railroad. Like, there's the track, and there's bears working a foot and a half from the train. So, this is a very dangerous bear job. Not only are you a foot and a half from the train that is going full bore about to enter a tunnel you're a foot and a half from the train i first thought they were like throwing a switch but one of the bears clearly has a giant sledgehammer and is pounding something in so it looks like they're it looks like they're repairing the track or fixing a light again they're a foot and a half from the train they are also at the edge of a bridge with no rail they're about to get standby mead which I guess no one actually dies in Stand By Me, but they're about to get Stand By Me. Uh, not in reference to the little boys from Stand By Me, but the body from Stand By. They are about to be who the boys from Stand By Me are going to ha go have their life-altering love, adolescence-affirming trip to go find. That's that's what's happening with those bears. Literally working on the railroad all the live long day. And then down below are a bunch of uh, fisher bears who don't know that they're about to witness a murder. Uh, so the train goes into the mountains. So, okay, now we've gone through Bear Town. We've gone through Grizzlyville. We've gone over a bridge through a mountain. Uh, now we're in the mountains. And they pass bears skiing and climbing. Goes into a valley. They see goats and deer. Now I'm going to show you a picture. This is going to be very difficult to see because, again, Facebook is not allowing me to actually share my screen, which is which is dumb. It's not like, there we go, which is dumb. It's not letting me share my screen. And I hate it. I do hate it. Uh, because that's the whole point of me buying this book digitally. But they go through the mountains and they see bears skiing and climbing. And I want to show you what, what weird mountain the bear, the Berenstains have chosen to illustrate this book with. It's, it's the steepest mountain. It's a, it's only a few stories high. It is the steepest mountain I've ever seen illustrated. It's what a child would think a mountain is. Bears are skiing down a hill that is that that down the, the mountain runs almost perpendicular to the ground 
it is almost a complete 90, 90 degree angle to the ground. It is so terribly steep. You would you would pitch forward off this mountain if you attempt. I mean, I am sure there are professional skiers who ski down slopes this steep, but not your average like afternoon skiers. Also, from their clothing at the beginning of this book, it's not the winter. I don't know where this mountain is, but I do love the goats and the deer. I love it whenever the Berenstains draw goats and deer, or like just any wild, not just goats and deer. I'm not like, ooh, goats and deer. Uh, now, I am doing this as a Facebook Live broadcast for my listeners. I had a listener say they were confused when I broadcast, when I put the audio of this out, and I started referring to comments without making it clear that this was a Facebook Live video that people are commenting on. So I'm gonna let you know right off the bat that I am doing this as a video, and now there's comments, <laughs> so you know. And the comment is from Dear Listener Mark, not, not Dear Listener Mark, but Dear as in Dear to My Heart Listener Mark, who says, it's an amusement park mountain, theme park. Uh, but is it a theme park? Is it an amusement park mountain? Because the train is in the mountains and it seems wild that they would be like, we're gonna build an amusement park in the mountains. And people would be like, that's a, that's a crazy idea. That would cost millions of dollars more than building an amusement park on flat land. You're like, no, 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 I am building an amusement park in the mountain. And they would say, okay, well, what's your central ride going to be? What is your, what's your, what's your big, like, what, what is going to be your Sleeping Beauty's castle for this theme park that you're building in the mountains? And you're, and you, and you, you have a, a white board with a sheet over it. And you're like, it's a mountain. It's another mountain, except it's really dangerous. It's a really dangerous mountain that people can ski down. And they'll say, we have mountains that people can ski down. You're literally in the mountains and they can ski down it just, just fine. They've been doing it for centuries or a hundred years. I don't know how old mountains are uh, or skis are. I know how old mountains are. They are hundreds of years old. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know why you think that's a good idea. And you'll say, just bear, just let's see it through. It'll turn a profit. And apparently it is because people love this artificial mountain. So, uh, so, so, so thank you, Mark. Oh, Mark, Mark is saying, he's just saying it looks like a model mountain. Uh, it, it doesn't look like a model mountain to me. Uh, cause when I think of a model, something that looks like a model something, I think, well, that's a model mountain. Uh, this looks like a first draft of a mountain. This, this looks like, or you know what? It looks like if you climbed a mountain and you were like, well, this doesn't look like the top of a mountain. It's pretty flat up here. Like once you get to the top of a mountain, once you get to the top, you expect as a child there to be like a, a point, a narrow point. It looks like that, like that narrow, like if, if you were a giant climbing. Anyway, we're leaving the mountain. We're leaving the mountain aside. It's a beautiful drawing. Uh, <laughs> the next part though, I can, talking about things that children can relate to. The next part starts off with the line, the cubs get tired of looking out the window, which okay, that may, I don't see how. This is like landscape that they've never seen before. They get tired of looking out the window. This is the part though that any kid can relate to. You're on a trip with your parents, you're bored. What do you do? While you go to visit the engine, where Grizzly Jones and his helper throw coal on the fire to make the train go. So this is a coal-powered engine. Like, we are we are firmly in the early 20th century, uh, as far as this train is concerned. There is, this room is like 100 degrees. Grizzly Jones is sweating through his engineer hat, and his, it just says, his helper. Doesn't give the guy a name. Or woman. I don't know if this is supposed to be a a, a male bear or a female bear. Uh, it's just it's just a it's just a bear uh, shoveling coal into that hot hot fire uh, to keep the train going. And and we've seen now there are passengers on this train. 
I don't know what their coal budget is like, but they're moving pretty quickly, and this is a coal-powered train. So Grizzly Bear, Grizzly lets them blow the whistle. Woo-woo! Um, and then he says, would you like to drive the train? Would they? They take turns in the driver's seat. This there is no aspect of this book that I can relate to. I cannot I can't I've been, never been on a passenger train. I've certainly never been on a coal-powered train. I've never been allowed to drive a vehicle for which I am not licensed. Like this is just this is if you were to ask a child what would happen if you took a train ride to I don't know, visit your aunt you've never heard of. This is what they would say. They'd say, "I bet you get to go visit the conductor, the engineer and see the the fire and the choo-choo." And you're like, "No, actually, you just sit in your seat." Uh, now here's where Okay, my experience with trains comes in. So a freight train comes along, heading the other direction. They pass it, and it says at the end is a red caboose. It's like a little house on wheel. The train's conductor lives there. He waves as they go past. Little caboose. The train's conductor lives there. Now, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with cabooses. Let's keep the hilarious jokes clean. I was obsessed with cabooses, train cabooses. I loved the idea of a train caboose. I had a little Fisher-Price train that I wish I could share an image of with you, but I cannot because Facebook isn't letting me share anything. I was obsessed with this Fisher-Price train set I had. It had a little red caboose at the end. had a little Fisher-Price people. You could put them in the seats. I came with some animals. It was like a a circus car. And uh, then there was like the train caboose. And you could put the little people in the train. I I remember asking my mom, I said, or my dad, probably my mom because she didn't work at the time. But I was like, what's the caboose do? What's the point of a caboose? And she said, oh, the conductor lives there. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, what's cooler than living on a train? It's like a house. You have a house that's always by a train. Like, you're just chilling on the train track all day. I got older. I never saw cabooses in action. I saw them at, like, museums and stuff. Train museum in, in Galveston, Texas. But I was always like, those cabooses don't exist anymore. By the time I was a kid, like, they were had been replaced by my dad would point out. He's like, they don't have cabooses. See, they have that light that hangs off the, the, the rear of a train. That's, that does the caboose's job. And I was like, all right, I... That's not as that's not cool. Uh, and then as I got older, I was like, my mom told me that a conductor lives in a caboose. But conductors don't they don't live no one lives in a caboose. That's that's ridiculous. Why would you have a car on a train that one guy lives in? It's like the train lighthouse. That doesn't make any sense. Uh uh conductors lived in cabooses. I just I found that. I finally was like, I looked it up. I was like, what there was a caboose? Like, I never of all the things that I've gotten lost down a rabbit hole online about, I was like, what is the what is the point of a caboose? Why did we have a little red caboose? What was the point of the caboose? Uh conductors lived there. <laughs> the conductor lived in the caboose. I never knew about that. Cabooses are as old as as old as trains. Like uh, I think by the 1850s, uh like almost all like major trains had cabooses and the whole point of the caboose. So uh and then in late in like in 1898, the caboose acquired the, the little top the little uh like little like peaky out windows that you see that's why the caboose then is shaped like that um so what happened is the conductor had to see the entire train so the conductor would go to the back of the train in the caboose and then would go up to this little area where they could look out and see all the way up to the front of the train uh because if you wanted to stop a train you had to apply the brakes manually to each car and so the brakeman, which was a job, would climb up the ladders to the top of the train. They'd walk along the tops of the cars, get to the brake wheel, and turn the wheel. And the conductor would be supervising all this. Be like, all right, I'm watching all the way to the front of the train. You got the brakes, you got the brakes, you got the brakes. I'm assuming that took a long time, but you needed somebody there to like make sure you didn't miss 
I guess like a, a car. I don't know how it worked, but that was what he did. So and, and so it was this office and all of his paperwork had to be there and all of his files and uh, like the, the conductor's like notes, everything kept there. So it was literally a living quarters. Uh, it had a desk. It had a toilet. Uh, there was a way to get water there. There was a stove. There was a heater bed. Uh, some of them had ice boxes so they could keep food. Uh, it was literally a... A, a living quarters and supply place like that that's where they had like all like the stuff they would use to like signal for help uh lantern oil just everything it was it was literally the main office of that train it was that train's office uh and then uh electricity like came along and then in the 1960s they were like oh we have these things called computers now and you just you don't need a guy up there anymore you don't you don't need a guy to like you don't need a guy. In fact, you just now we just have a thing we can plug into the back of the train. It'll do all of that for us. Uh, and then the front of the train became kind of like the power station where they controlled everything. So the engineer, especially as the engineer stopped needing to, I guess, like hang out with his friend who's shoveling coal into the coal box. Uh, they would just like be like, oh, we need to stop the train. I'll just I'll I guess I'll just press this button that says stop the train. And and so like that was that was so the caboose was replaced by the flashing rear end device or the Fred flashing rear end device, which is a fun thing to call someone's somebody's caboose. If you ever want to like make good friends with a stranger and they're walking by, turn around and go. Nice Fred. I guarantee you this is a deep and bare country. Oh, you will make very good friends with that person so that's not a true that's not a true that's that's a bad lie um so yeah so uh by the 1980s all cabooses have been replaced with Freds. that's it uh so maybe i did see cabooses when i was a kid i was born in the late 70s so and we had a lot of trains that went through our area so maybe i did see cabooses when i was really little and by the time i was like in the mid 80s by the time i was like 10 or so they were all replaced by Freds. in any case uh i went to the train museum a lot as a child in galveston texas it was awesome last time i went i think it was in college just on a whim and uh, it wasn't awesome it had uh, most of their exhibits have been, i don't know does the galveston train museum even uh exist anymore galveston train museum the galveston railroad museum look at that a step back in time it still exists if you're in the galveston texas area and uh and it's open at the time go visit the railroad museum oh look at that they still have the polar express exhibit i think they had that when i went there last on a win i think that that's kind of their thing the polar express so if you want to relive the movie the polar express there's your there's your one opportunity go to galveston texas relive the polar express uh so yes yeah, so the conductor lives in the caboose is the point i was making uh, not anymore though and not even in 2010 uh so they go back to their seats mama has a lunch basket with food in it they all eat as the train keeps going i'm surprised they didn't like go to the dining car because that seems or like have like the like lady come by like hey would you like to buy some chocolate frogs or whatever that she says uh the train slows down it pulls into a station train stops gives off a puff of steam sounds like this that's what a train sounds like when it stops uh, Mr. Mack and Grizzly Jones wave goodbye, just like a real conductor and engineer do. They wave goodbye individually to each and every person who leaves the train. Uh, they are now in a station that has Bear Town hanging from the thing. I don't understand how train stations work. Is that where they're going? But it says they pass through Grizzlyville. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and Aunt Tilly is waiting at the station in her car. Um, and here's where the book gets weird. There is one page left after this. And this is where the book gets really weird. And I was like, wait a minute. I want to know this story. I want to know the rest of this tale. I want to know what happens now. Because Aunt Tilly picks them up. She's in a beautiful orange car, as orangish gold car. Sister says, I want to be an engineer when I grow up. Meaning a train engineer. Not like a, like engineering. 
What about you, brother? Asks Aunt Tilly. I guess she doesn't say welcome or anything. Says Aunt Tilly's waiting in her car. I want to be an engineer when I grow Say hello to your aunt. What about you, brother? Asks Aunt Tilly. He says, I want to live in a red caboose. Okay. Weird thing to say, brother. You're 10 years old at this point. But the last page of the book. So brother just says, I want to live in a red caboose. Last page of the book is a picture of Aunt Tilly driving her car. But she looks like this. She has this like, look on her face like, like, like this look of ecstasy. Like, yes. And there's a thought bubble over her head. And it's a red caboose. And she's leaning out the window, watering flowers on a caboose windowsill. And the cubs are looking up at her expectantly. They're in the front seat. Their parents are in the back seat, which is weird. Um, so brother says, I want to live in a red caboose. To which Aunt Tilly responds, so do I. That's it. That's how the book ends. They get in the car with Aunt Tilly and brother's like, I want to live in a caboose. And Aunt Tilly's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then they go to Aunt Tilly's house. I want to know the rest of that conversation. I want whoever they're related to, mama or papa, to be like, Tilly, you've never, you've certainly never expressed that before. Really? You want to live in a caboose? Or I want them to be like, there's Tilly again with her caboose dream. Like Tilly, like always talking about living in a caboose. Like that's going on. I don't know. Tilly's got these unrealized dreams that I really hope get explored further on down the line. Maybe there's a book coming up that's like the Berenstain Bears get a call that they have to like go like help Aunt Tilly. I don't know. I don't know. Um... Oh, Mr. Mack, this is something that dear friend Mark has written. He says, Mr. Mack was the first controller of the Scarlowy Railway. Scarlowy? Is that how you say? Scarlowy? Scarlowy Railway, which is the Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, and he says that Mr. Mack was the first controller there. Uh, is this a reference? He says, is this a Thomas Berenstain crossover? And I'm wondering, I mean, because look, there he is. Also, Yeah also known as the thin controller. He looks evil. Okay. I mean, he's wearing a top hat and he has like mutton chops. So I, to me, that says evil. I don't know if that really means he's evil. Uh, Mr. Mack was the first controller of the Scarlowy Railway. Uh, he refused to pull trucks and he behaved badly when the men tried to make him move. Uh, oh, I see. No, that's not him. Scarlowy Oh, I see. Scarlowy is one of the one of the trains. I forget that, like in Thomas the Tank Engine in the Railway series, the trains have faces of personalities. I don't know how I forgot that. It's literally the crux of the of the entire en enterprise. Uh, he was a, a narrow <laughs> narrow gauge saddle tank engine. Uh, he was the first engine to work on the railway and the Scarlowy Railway, and is one of the oldest engines on Sodor. He has a twin brother named Talilan, Talilan, who lives on the Talilan Railway in Wales. Uh, Mr. Mack was the controller there when Scarlowy refused to pull trucks and he behaved badly. Uh, Mr. Mack had Scarlowy sheeted up under tarpaulin and left him alone for several days. What I love is that Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends, the, 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 the railway series, like in the Berenstain Bears books, you couldn't have Brother Bear be like, I don't want to do my homework. And Mama Bear be like, well, then we'll just put you under a sheet for a few days and see how you... No, you can't do that. But in Thomas and Friends, you can be like, just they're just trains. Like, you can just... You can just push them over. You can just take them off their track and they won't be able to do... Like, if they make you angry, you just 
you just take the train apart or you just make it not be a train or you just be like, well, guess we're not. You're, you're relatively autonomous, but you are connected to this track. So you kind of have to do what we say, Scarlowy, Mr. Mac. The point I was going to say, Mark, was I would not be surprised if the Berenstains were aware of this because Scarlowy, Mr. Mac, uh, Mr. Mac's first appearance was in very old engines. His only appearance was in very old engines. Uh, I don't know what that means. Very old engines. Uh, the Railway Series, the 12th book in the Railway Series, first appeared in 1965. Well, of course, I am going to say I'm, I was going to hit my leg, but then I was afraid I was going to hit the desk. So hold on. Yes, this is a direct reference to the obscure character of Mr. Mac, who only appeared in one Railway Series book, but who I am going to assume the Berenstains knew that maybe, I don't know, Mike or Leo was like, read more the old engines book. And the parents were like, oh, the one with Mr. Mac. Years later, Jan and Mike are writing this book. And Mike was like, can we finally have Mr. Mac in one of our books? And she was like, yeah, fine. We'll make him a conductor, though, not the controller, because that would take too much explanation. And he was probably like, can we have the train? Not one. She's like, Mike, no, that's that's my only theory. Uh, and it's a good theory. And I'm sticking with it. So uh, then the book ends. We never find out anything else. We don't know anything about Aunt Tilly. This is not a book about Aunt Tilly. It's a book about the bear is going to find Aunt Tilly or meet Aunt Tilly or be with Aunt Tilly. Uh, and that's it. That's it. That's the end of the book. Uh, it's a it's a step in the reading, but it's a first t reader. Like it's a, a step one step in the reading book. Uh, 2010. Uh, is it any good? Is it is it fun to look at? I mean, I guess I guess uh, the illustrations are bright and colorful. You get some great countryside shots. A great picture of downtown Beartown. Uh, in fact, a picture of the Bear Country School with a slide that is amazing that I've never seen before. Uh, I wish I could show it to you. God, do I wish I could share this picture with you um, because there's a picture of a, of, a, of a piece of playground equipment that I've never seen in a Berenstain Bears book and it's amazing. Maybe I'll share it on Twitter. Uh, yeah, this is a great, this is a really colorful book and I really kind of like the way this book looks. Um, the storyline is whatever, but they do get to see a caboose and they do get to meet their sad sad aunt tilly so that's it that is the berenstain bears all aboard from 2010 it is available for purchase as a kindle book as i mean if you're not on kindle wherever it's an ebook i think i don't think you can buy it new for free i mean for free i don't think you can buy it new as a physical copy, but I'm not sure. Uh, I know that there's copies available for sale, but I think you might have to buy it used. I'm not sure if it's in print. The the, the Step Into Reading books didn't stay in print as long as the other books did, but uh, maybe it is. I don't know. I know it's available as an ebook, and you can buy it for like five bucks uh, if you want it, if you want to share it with your kids. So uh, purchase it if you like that kind of thing. If you don't like the Berenstain Bears and you don't want to buy a Berenstain Bears book, that's fine too. Read the Railway series. Uh, maybe you'll have a good time. I don't know. I know that they, it's just as old as the Berenstain Bears. Uh, otherwise, thank you if you joined me watching this live cast, which I think one person did, and it was Mark. Dear Mark, uh, thank you for joining me for this live cast. Uh, I am apologizing again if you wanted to watch the live cast and it didn't work out because Facebook kicked me off my own live cast and I had to start over again from scratch. I apologize profusely. Uh, the live video, the video of the live cast, I will post on YouTube uh, a little after the episode of the podcast goes live. So if you want to watch me hold my phone up to a camera, I guess that's your prerogative. Go right ahead uh but thank you so if you want or just want to see me move around if you want to be like i wonder what that phil guy looks like when he's like doing his show that's where this look this 
That's what it looks like. So you can check it out on YouTube. Uh, you can also find like a few past episodes that I did. The last few live casts I've done, I've posted onto YouTube. So you can find them there too. Hey, so I have like 10 views. It's pretty good for me. If 10 people have looked at me within the last week, I feel seen and I feel validated and maybe I'll keep doing this. So uh, that's it. Uh, I will be doing more Berenstain Bears books soon. I'll do another live cast. So if you like this, these live casts are live. They're supposed to be linked through the Berenstain, the Deep in Bear Country page on Facebook. It didn't work out. Next week, I'm going to try to make the live event work through the Deep in Bear Country. So if you like the show and you want to see me moving around, that's where you go. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for viewing if you viewed. And I will see you all next time deep in Bear Country.